Oh, good morning. It's so good to see you here. And it's so good to see so many new faces in the house as well. So thank you so much for coming. It's, it's brilliant. You're so welcome here. And please do connect with us afterwards. So we've got our coffee house that's open as well after. It'd be brilliant to get to know you more. And happy Easter, who's celebrating this week in the congregation, Elizabeth and I. Thank you. It's brilliant. Well done. Brilliant. Well, Father, I just praise you for the honor and for the privilege of being able to, to bring your word this morning, Lord. And I pray that you would just come and that you would just speak through me, Jesus. Your words, not my own, Lord. Amen. Amen. So, this week, I'm speaking on We Value Love. It's pretty important. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Especially in a world at the minute that is broken. We need love. So I'm going to start with reading 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease where there are tongues they will be stilled where there is knowledge it will pass away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when completeness comes what is in part disappears when I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I mean, I would love to say that I'm constantly patient and kind, that I don't envy or boast, that I'm not proud, that I don't dishonor others, and it goes on. <laughs> but just talk to Steve and that image will soon go. <laughs> no matter how we present, you know, it's the flesh that does come in and it's so easy sometimes, you know, to, to love all the time. So my point, first point, is what is love? So these are some definitions of love that I have found. So love is a strong liking for something or a belief that it is important. Your love is someone or something that you love. Some people use love as an affectionate way of addressing someone. Love is the feeling that a person's happiness is very important to you and the way you show this feeling in your behavior towards them. So this one's my favorite. 
Love is not just a feeling, it is something that we enact, we take care of, we respect it and we appreciate it. A feeling of love that expresses itself in action. And I thought that's really challenging. So I had, I was giggling to myself earlier actually because I was just going through, <laughs> through the words and I said to Steve, because there's, there's four, four main Greek words of love um, and I was wondering how to pronounce something. So I ended up going on YouTube to, to know how to pronounce a word and it, it, was just, it was just really funny actually the way, <laughs> the way that he said it. I was having a right giggle. And the, <laughs> the word, so the four types of love are Storge, apparently. Storge. Whereas I would have just said storge. But I'm glad I looked it up. <laughs> so this is empathy bound and empathy bond, sorry. A parental love and love for a child. Philia is f a friend bond. Eros is romantic love. And agape is unconditional God love. So... Agape, unconditional love, unconditional definition, not conditional or limited, not limited in any way, but complete and absolute. How amazing that our Father that loves us has created us for him in love. We were created in love and for his unconditional love, which is so important. And you know, there's always that longing that no relationship can fill, no money can fill, but actually that longing is for God's unconditional love because we're created by him and for him and to live in his love. So we live in a world where we expect conditions and they're everywhere and they're so restricting. And this can filter down into everything, even what we listen to and what we wear, it can consume us. It can be on the media, you know, the music that we listen to. And if we're not careful and kind of don't make that daily decision to concentrate on actually what we listen to. We don't realize what we're feeding ourselves all the time and we start believing the lies and it's almost like being drip fed. So <coughs> number two, do we live in God's love and in his conditional love? And what does this actually mean as well to live in God's unconditional love? So have we fully given ourselves to him to do what he asks and to go where he would like us to go even if we don't want to or we can't understand it or it makes no sense but God's ways are higher than our ways and if we can fully give ourselves to God and immerse ourselves in him, in his presence and spend time with him, we become more like him and we want to do what he asks and the rest follows. Our identity flows from a foundation of his love and a newfound confidence because we know <coughs> who, 
who we are in him and what he has asked us and what he has called us to do. Our peace is found in him. Our rest and our sleep is sweet because we know who our father is. Our joy that only he can give that makes no sense. That such heartache can be going on around us, but when we truly lean into God, he gives us a supernatural strength and a supernatural joy and a supernatural hope no matter the circumstances around us and our freedom. Are we living in a freedom? So yes, we might have given our lives to God, but are we actually living in the freedom that God's paid for us or are we still walking around chained and restricted? Maybe from old thought patterns or old lies. And sometimes it's about, it is getting in that presence because that's when God can speak to you, he can talk to you, he can reveal to you actually what your struggles are sometimes it's so unconscious that we don't actually realize what's stopping us and we kind of keep plowing ahead and we'll keep going and then we'll get to a point where we can't go anymore and sometimes God has to stop us we have to get in that place with him you know and it's not easy because we don't actually want to listen to what God's got to say sometimes because we know it already but we don't want to deal with it because it hurts but actually that's all part it's all part of of, of the healing and walking it out. And as we do that, we then we're able to actually put what we're struggling with, we're actually able to put it to rest. Yes, it's still there. We've maybe still got the experience of it if we've been hurt, but it doesn't hurt as much because we know God's with us. You know, 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And it's, it's having that mindset that, okay, God's spirit is in me, so that means I've got freedom. That actually when I walk, when I talk, if I'm in community with God, he gives me the authority that I need. That means that when you walk into the darkness, the demons flee. They can't do anything else. But actually, the enemy will try and mess with your head if you don't fully know who you are, who your identity is. He'll try and have a field day with you. He'll try and get you down and depressed and anxious because while you're listening to that and not God, you're not going anywhere. Whereas actually, you don't realize the power that God is in, that because God is in you and that actually when you live in that and you walk that out, that is powerful. And even though we can't physically see, actually, the spiritual realm and what's going on, if we're walking around in that, in communion with God, living in his love, gosh, just imagine walking down the street and actually there might be witchcraft or whatever there might be, walking along, but actually when you walk the enemy has to flee. And I've been in a few situations, actually, where this has happened. One was when I was actually training <coughs> to, be, to be a counsellor and a psychotherapist. And it was, in, it was in, like, an old terraced house. And we used to have to do, like, key skills and 
and just kind of practice in that. And I'd often get taken to this, um, it was like an attic room, so there'd be four of us there. But quite often, whenever I went up there, there'd be things about that were very much um, for like tarot reading and, and things like this. And I felt so uncomfortable because I just knew in my spirit that I wasn't the only one there in that sense. So I thought, right, I'm going to make it my mission. So every time I went in there, I prayed. And I cast the, the enemy out. And it was even then reported back, the room feels different. You know, God is amazing. He is amazing. God wants to teach us how to live in a world that is desperate and broken. He's given us everything we need to accomplish this. But it is a daily decision to live it out and to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's that daily decision to get up in the morning and to give the day to him. And it makes such a difference. You know, I would love to say that I do that every day. I don't. And, and I can tell. So even this morning, Steve commented. And he was like, oh, you're not being so snappy this morning. I was like, I've just been in the presence of the Lord. He was like, can you make sure you do that every morning, please? <laughs> so, so this is as talking to me as much as it is to you. <laughs> when was the last time we fully spent time with God where we made that decision to talk to him, to give him our troubles, to, to praise him, you know, to say, Lord, where do you want us? What do you want us to do? You know, have I got an attitude that's bad towards anything or anyone? What do you want me to do? Because in the end, it's us that gets held back. God has got so much for us, but if we're not willing to keep daily going through and pushing through, then we're the ones that get stuck behind. The more we spend time with God and we have that relationship with him, the more we become like him. Time and time again, in God's word, so in the Bible app, all I put in was love as search, and there's so many verses that come up. We're meant to live by love, and for love, and in love. You know, John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Romans 8, 38-39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But we, you know, God has given us free will. We have to choose to step in that love and to live in that love. And that is the daily decision to actually, you know, when that lie comes in, I'm not good at that. But actually God says that I can do that. That God says that he's perfect in my weakness. God wants to show himself to you. Number three, do you live out God's love? Did you know, sorry, I'm doing that thing again with my thing, with my tablet. 
did you know that to love is a commandment? It's not something that God says it would be great if you could love. We're created to love. So I love both of these translations. So this is 2 John uh, verse 1, no, 1 verse 6. But it's the NIV, which I read first, and then there's the Passion Translation. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. And then the Passion Translation. This love means living in obedience to whatever God commands us. For to walk in love toward one another is the unifying commandment we've heard from the beginning. And then 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. Even though we live in the world, we are not of the world. And that is why it is so hard. We are in that battle every day. You know, the enemy is trying to gather more and more people. But God already has the victory. He already has the victory. And for so many of us as well, it's so easy to kind of give our hearts to God, which is great, and we're all going to heaven, fit like what Noel said. We don't want to be miserable when we get to heaven. I don't want to get to heaven and God say, why didn't you do this? I had all of this for you. Yes, it's hard, but look what I had for you. If you would have only just tuned in and chose to walk in the love and in the freedom that I've given you, you could have done all of this. He chooses to use us. We're called to live a life in relationship with our creator and our brothers and sisters in Christ to build his kingdom here on earth. So 1, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, we're all a part of the same body, weeping and rejoicing with each other to build God's kingdom together. You know, there's, there's the verse, isn't there, where it says if we're all one body and actually if we only have one hand or one leg or one eye we don't function as well but actually when we all come together we can make a difference which is why you know church is so important we're building the kingdom together it's not about our own desires of I want to do this because that's who I am but actually God's called me God's called us to reach the lost you know to to help the broken Jesus didn't just kind of sit in the temple all the time. He went out to people. He went and found people because he loved them. So, yes, church is absolutely amazing, and I love being here with you all. But actually, as well, it's about what are we doing for the community outside? What are we doing in our day-to-day -day lives, in our work? You know, how are we? And it's not all about talking about Jesus either. How do we act? How do we live? Because that should signify that we've got Jesus. Just for the fact of being there and somebody noticing a difference. So, love guides. So, I found, I was kind of looking as I was preparing this morning as well. I was kind of looking, I love to journal. And quite often though, my journals and my prayers... Um, and I find this helps me concentrate, and I absolutely love writing down. And I found a prayer this morning, um, and it was actually about moving to Plymouth. 
and we'd just got like um, our moving date and the first date for when we would actually be coming to engage church and I was just I was praising God for his goodness and you know we're here because we love God there's absolutely no I don't think I'd even actually well I'd heard of Plymouth probably once before we did actually come here but it was God because we're in relationship with him we love him and we follow him and we want to go where he wants us to go you know we did that out of love for him if somebody kind of said to me do you want to move to Plymouth I probably wouldn't have because actually I was quite settled as well back in Nottingham you know with all our friends and with our family But being here, you know, when we actually do go back to Nottingham to see our friends, we can't wait to get back. We love living in Plymouth. We absolutely love it. And we are so excited as well, just because God has got so much for this city. It's a, it is amazing, and he's unearthing the wells again. It is amazing, definitely. God has got so much for Plymouth. And I'm so thankful that actually God's brought us here to be a part of that as well. Having a relationship with Jesus has changed my life for the better. I don't know where I'd be without him, and I don't even know if I would be here. I can always remember being about 12 or 13, really struggling at school, um, constant anxiety every single day. I lived in it. And I can remember kneeling on the floor and actually praying, Lord, what is the point to life? But it was at that moment, actually, that God drastically came in and turned my life around. And that's not to say that actually it was then easy because it really wasn't. And I continued with daily anxiety for the next 10 years or more. But what God has done in me and taught me you know, just for the fact that I've now got a degree in, in counselling and psychotherapy, that was not the plan at all for me. didn't even want to go to university. And it wasn't actually until halfway through that I actually realised I'd get a cap and gown at the end of it. So <laughs> it, was, it was one of those where it was so strong that I knew actually that if I didn't go, I'd be disobeying God. And it was hard. It was hard. And... You know, it, it was very hard. I think we had, within those three years, three, four years of me doing it, I think I lost my nano. I had a car crash. Steve's back went, and he was out for six months. I fell off Isaac's skateboard. <laughs> and, <laughs> as you do, um, and literally destroyed my left elbow to the point where they all laugh and say, I've got Beryl's elbow, because I had to have a bone transfusion bone marrow transplant that's it um it was a tough time it was really tough but what kept me going was I knew that it was what God had called me to do I was so behind that my tutor actually said to me I don't even know how you've managed to pass this course because you were so behind from everything that you had going on but that in itself was such a testimony I was determined I wasn't going to be there for another year <laughs> because it was like boot camp 
It was. I had to have weekly counselling myself for three years, and I would love to say I'm perfect, but it just highlights more stuff, which is why <laughs> it's that constant daily decision again that I'm made perfect in my weakness through God. And that is a daily lifetime thing. And that e actually wasn't even in there, so I'm hoping that it's for somebody. Yes, it's hard, but I do it all over again. Because what God's done in me actually is used that to set me free, but he's also given me tools to help set free other people. Is God our greatest love? I read this recently from a Bible plan as well. It says, when love touches the broken, it repairs. When love acknowledges the hidden, it builds confidence. When love lances out to the deep, it walks on water. When love is pure, it is just. And when love has a few ingredients, it can feed thousands. When Jesus touched or was touched, he healed. God's agape love is supernatural. The same authority power and same strength that rose Jesus from the dead is inside you and is there to empower you to touch and heal. When was the last time you've shown love to someone where you didn't expect anything back? We should be oozing out God's love to people, that they should be drawn to us because we start that we stand out from the rest, that we seem different, that our attitudes are different to what they've experienced elsewhere. And do we show love to anybody, even the unlovable? Do we show love to people that may seem a bit different to ourselves? Or do we just show people to show love to the people that we know love us? You know, Jesus came to serve. He loved on people and he washed the disciples' feet. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I don't have a problem with feet, to be fair, but Steve does. <laughs> but the thought of, if you think back to that time, of how dusty and dirty the disciples' feet would have been, that's just minging. <laughs> it's just not nice. But Jesus came to serve. And he did it because he loved them. And he did it to show, to be an example as well. You know, God said... Jesus said, sorry, that he only did what the Father, what, that what he saw the Father doing and what the Lord asked him to do. So this is Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2, but it's from the message, and it says, Wake up from your sleep. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us 
His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but he did but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. I mean, that's pretty much to the point and quite challenging because I know I don't do it as much as I should do or I'm tired or, you know, do I have to? Sometimes it means going out of our way and if we kind of just want to chill out but actually God's saying, I need you to go around to such and such because they need a friend right now. Or why don't you get such and such some flowers? They're going through a hard time. One John three eighteen. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Romans twelve nine. Love must be sin- sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. It's that daily desire that actually love is action. It's not a feeling. We decide to love. God has got so much for you. He deeply loves you from the inside out. And he wants to take you on a life of adventure. But you need to say, Lord, send me. It's that clinging on in the hard times. And it's not all hard. It's absolutely amazing what you get from that. And actually the peace because you, you know where you're meant to be in him, that you're not striving for man's approval, that actually you have it because God says, I love you. You don't need to do anything. I love you. He loves you no matter what. But actually, when we actually fully immerse ourselves in God, we want to do his will. And actually, his desires become our desires. We don't feel like we've actually given up something because we haven't. What he gives us in return is amazing. And I just want to leave you with Ephesians 3:16. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.